Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners 2.0, episode three of Dinging Corners 2.0. I am back. I'm Nate. We are back with Jimbo. And today we've got a, what's up, Jimbo? We've got a nice rundown for you guys. So we are going to be starting every episode with a Jimbo story um, from his days as a minor league assistant coach, major league uh, coach, minor league manager, you know, equipment manager, yada, yada, yada. We're going to get a story from him every single week. And then we will have this week, we're going to be talking about, we promised you, we're going to be talking about guys on the back half of the top 100 Fangraphs list, Fangraphs, Fangraphs top 100 list, guys on the back of that list that we expect to pop off a little bit or guys we're excited about anyways maybe they won't pop off but you know and then we are going to end the day with a little bit of talk about the MLB being the worst Rob Manfred and the owners being the worst and how we are not having baseball in April likely so uh hope you guys enjoy that and uh let's get underway so first and foremost Jimbo welcome what's up I am dude I'm stoked the first time recording past noon so I'm all wired up. I did a few baseball breaks. I'm all warmed up, ready to go. So I am pumped for today. That's I love cool. it. It is always a little bit easier ending your day talking about stuff that you've had the day to think about than it is starting your day. And all of a sudden, you're kind of just out of bed. Maybe you've taken a shower. You're kind of getting going. And all of a sudden, you're like, all right, I got to record. Uh, what am I going to talk about? So this is going to work well. I'm excited. Got a number of good topics to talk about today. But first and foremost, Jimbo, tell us a story. Story time? I love story time. And when I was I was actually thinking about this today when I was driving into uh, to the lab where we do all of our breaks, I was like, what story should I talk about today? And the first one that popped in my head, which I think will be a good one for the you know, like for the first story is. Um, back in, I want to say it was like 2012, maybe around 2012. So the mud hens, the Toledo mud hens was the triple A team for the tigers still, you know, still, still are, but I was there where I was kind of like the, the clubhouse guy, you know, basically in charge of a lot of the bat boys as well. And before the season started off, they decided to do a game, the mud hens base, the tigers. And it's about 45 minutes from Toledo to Detroit. So this stadium was packed in the Toledo stadium, though, not in Detroit. So, you know, seeing all like you get to see all your your favorite major league players up up and close in the triple A stadium. And a lot of them played for the Mudhens. So they got called up. So it's cool seeing, you know, the older players that are now in the majors come back down. But anyways, not to ramble on. Um I remember, you know, it was the first game. It wasn't even opening day. So like the first couple, first week is usually hectic. You got media coming in. You got players asking for, you know, pants, you know, saying, they, oh, I need, you know, you just to hem a seam on something. Like all these weird requests you wouldn't even think of, they come up to you. So it's a crazy, crazy first day. Um, I remember I was stressed. I walked in and there was this guy, like everyone was out on the field, you know, doing warm ups, BP, all that, where usually the clubhouse is just dead. It's like our time to, to get spread open or get spread on and everything. Um, and there's this guy sitting on the couch, uh, street clothes, you know, young guy. And I go up to him and, and here's the thing with bat boys to let me backtrack a little bit with bat boys. They're not supposed to sit on the couch. They're not supposed to really, they're supposed to be a fly on the wall, not, not really be in the area. 
Mm-hmm. So there's someone on the, the couch and I'm like, what is going on? Is this a bad boy? Go up to him. Say, Hey, I'm Jimbo. How you doing? You know, like, you know, this is my role. I'm, you know, are you a bat boy? It happens to be Drew Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> Baby face Drew Smiley is sitting there with his hat, looks up. And he, I like his face was just like, like just blank. Cause he, you know, I didn't know who he was. He was, you know, triple A. He was going to be the starter for triple A. Uh, for this game. And for whatever reason, I didn't know who it was. Um, he, I don't think he was a big prospect for us. He was out of Arkansas. But anyways, I remember he looked at me. He's like, no, bro, I play on the team. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm starting today. And I'm like, first off, it's weird for a starter to be there that early anyways. Because usually you start, you know, they come in an hour or two before the game. They don't have to come in at 11 for, for a seven o'clock game. Mm-hmm. So that was the weird part. But to this day, you know, he, he got called to the Tigers later that year and was actually really good. You know, he was very dominant, later traded for David Price. But anyways, became, you know, good friends with him, good acquaintances. acquaintances. And we talk, we used to talk about that all the time. He's like, anytime I was with him, he's like, yeah, he thought I was a bad boy. Like you pointed to me later on. So that's just my one story to this day. Every time I pull a card of him too, now that I break, I see his face and I'm just like, dude, I can't believe I called this dude a bat boy. He won a World Series last year. Uh, you single-handedly destroyed his confidence. That was <laughs> that was the moment he realized he had not made it yet because the clubhouse manager for the AAA team thought the starting pitcher was a bat boy. Oh, and Amazing. he looks young today. Now he's like a veteran, which is super weird to see. Like he's yeah. like a legit veteran I mean, now. He got called up in 2012. We're talking 10 year career now. Yeah. And he looks pretty young now, like his face. Mm-hmm. Think about that 10 years ago. So yeah. that's the only defense I have. I should have known. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Jimbo, that was definitely worth the wait. I'm I'm excited for these stories. And I I if you have a memory like mine, you know, I'm a really bad. I'm really bad at remembering things. So like a recall. So I'm, um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you can recall stuff like that. And that was a good story. True smiley. Maybe you'll have to get him on the podcast so we can uh, yeah. make one of his baby face. Yeah. I don't think you like that, but Hey, we can bait, you know, bait him, get him in. And then we could talk about it. We just won't yep. tell him beforehand. We won't tell him. <laughs> we'll, we'll trick him. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh. You'd be so mad. At me. He just <laughs> All right. We got Drew Smiley for one question on this podcast today. I hope you guys enjoy it. Just start out with that. I'd love it. Well, should we move on to what we promised the people? Fangraph's top 100 picks? I'm down. I mean, I'm always down to talk baseball. I mean, Fangraph's does their picks to click, and this is kind of like our picks to click, except that they're already top 100 guys. And one of mine is kind of cheap because he's in the 50s, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, depends on how how elaborate we want to do this, but I mean, any as long as we're talking about a baseball player, I'm cool with it. Perfect, perfect. Well, Jimbo, tell you what, I know you said before that you would do two, but we're gonna let you start with your first one, and then I'll go, and then you go, and then I go, and then if we have time, you can do your third that you had. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm really excited, so I'm glad I get to go first here. My first player I'm going to choose, I didn't want to pick someone that everyone talks about. I'm like, I want to do something where there's actually like, oh, someone, you know, hopefully 75% of the people don't really hear the name very often. 
So I'm going to go straight to the MLB top 100, and I'm going to go number 100. So number 100, his name is Andy Pages. Andy, or Andy, yeah, Andy Pages with the Dodgers. I have been watching this kid for, for a good bit, and this is why I want to choose him. So with the Dodgers, great club there, hits absolute bombs. This dude is just all or nothing. But he, so he was, let's see here, 2018 was his first year stateside. Had a good showing, you know, got his feet wet with that. He's a little bit older, so he's 21 years old right now. Oh, so um, old. Ancient. Ancient. In the baseball world, oh, it's ancient. Basically dead. Yeah. So 2018, you know, nothing special. But 2019 was what really caught, like, on my radar was rookie ball. Did a full season. Uh, Is the on-base percentage and the walk percentage? Just taking a guess here. Is that what caught your eye? No. The fact that this dude hit 19 bombs in rookie ball and the fact that rookie ball is only 63 games. You don't see that very often with a young kid like that, you know, like, because there's when you're, he was, what, 19 years old? You know, 18. you're eating. Yeah, 18. Like, that's pretty tough to do in general. And he hit 298. So I didn't go too in depth because I was like, okay, that's rookie ball. There's a lot of learning. So I didn't go like where I normally go where – like the, the on base, like all this, I was just strictly power. I was like, okay, because that's, that's what catches a lot of people's eyes. I'm talking this guy, not for a GM aspect, but more for cards. So mm-hmm. I like to always clarify this, but more for cards. So the home runs and the batting average is what grabs people's attentions for cards. And then last year he was in, which is now high, uh, high a great lakes, which is the Midwest league. And Here's a little tidbit, which we can go more in depth later on, probably a different episode. We could probably do a whole segment on this. But the leagues, down in the minor leagues, where certain leagues, the ball flies way better than than other leagues. Great Lakes, or not Great Lakes, uh, Midwest was was where the Silverhawks were with the Diamondbacks when I was down there. And some of some really good hitters were, you know, 275. And, and I was like, man, what is up with this? And then I was just talking about the scouts. They're like, this is just a really tough league to hit in the ballparks cold. I mean, we were playing in cold weather for like three months mm-hmm. and welcome. And, welcome to living uh, in the Midwest. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, it was, it was just 40 degrees here a couple days ago. And now the high today was 27. And if this was a normal year, you'd have, you'd have kids starting practice in March. Exactly. And a lot of these guys, like a lot of the Latin guy, Latin kids that come over, don't know what snow is. Like they're not used to playing in cold. And then even just a lot of American, like stateside kids, not all of them grow up in the cold. A lot of them are down in Florida or Cali, Texas or Georgia, you know, down there where they're used to the warmth. So it's just a tougher league. So I always look at that. And I didn't, I used to be really good with like spreadsheets on the different leagues, on the averages across the league. But that's a big reason why I really loved Wander because when he did the big numbers in Bowling Green, I said, this mm-hmm. kid's legit. But yeah. going back to Andy Pages. That's the nice thing about minor leagues is you get you get a dude that goes into the Florida State League, kills it. Mm-hmm. Those are massive ballparks. Yes. Pitchers League. And I, I love that about the minors where you only really get that with like, you know, pitcher pitches really well in Coors. All right. He's probably really good. Right. Dude's hitting a ton of bombs out in uh, San Francisco. All right, yeah, he's probably pretty good, you know. Yeah. But in the minors, you get these whole leagues that, like, you get a guy in shirt. Maybe he kills it in a bread box, AAA, you know, Colorado or or uh, Colorado Springs or something like oh. that, which isn't there anymore. 
But uh, he kills it there. And you're like, well, that doesn't really show us anything because he's not getting any breaking balls. Balls aren't breaking as much anyways. But then you have other leagues before that that you can compare it to. And you're like, all right, this dude, he's really good because he hit really well here, here. Or didn't hit as well here, but hit what better than average, you know. Mm -hmm. And I love like kind of diving even deeper is like where and I got to see this from from my past experience being within the club was a lot of times the the farm directors, they'll put their best pitchers in a Midwest league because it's they know it's tough. It's a pitcher's league. They want their stats to be as good as possible because it makes them look good. The farm directors, mm-hmm. the GMs, the teams, trade bait, all that trade bait. And then, like, for instance, when I was with the Diamondbacks, you had the South Bend, so the Midwest League, but then the high A was over in uh, Visalia, Cali, the Cali League, mm-hmm. where the ball just absolutely flew. We had a guy get called up, like, he would say he was hitting, like, 268 down in the Midwest, goes to Cali League, he's hitting through over 300, and you're like, what's going on? He's like, dude, the ball just flies. So going back to Andy pages, which I think we should do is actually, we should do a segment on the different leagues and averages. We would have a ball with that. That would but, be fun. I would have to study up more because it's been, a, I used to be really into it, like really into it. And man, it's probably been like two years since I really studied up on league dynamics. Me too. It takes, cause uh, yeah, like I don't, they had all the I, movement of teams and stuff and, yeah, like the, the big shuffle last year kind of really screwed me up. But I was looking at eating pages and I was like, high A, great leagues. Oh, I forgot that great the Midwest League is now the high A. So I was looking at Andy Pages today, actually, and seeing that that last year, okay, he had 120 games. He put up 31 homers. He hit 265, not the best. But what's really like in my mind, give him 20 points. Let's say it's 285 or even 275. That's still really good with 31 bombs. Like, do you know Daniel Polka? Yep. So he, I like watching him, he was with the Diamondbacks uh, in South Bend when I was there, hit absolute missiles. And he, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, like I, I, I didn't check the stats, but he just hit a ton of home runs for us, for us. But it wasn't like, I would say probably like 15, 17 maybe in that range. So the fact that I see 31, is very impressive and here's another aspect to it thinking a little bit longer so now okay he was in high last year he's 21 years old he might you know start off in double a but he when he gets to triple a he's going to be over in the pcl league pacific coast league where the ball flies Mm -hmm. so if he's over in that league his stats could be even more inflated which the home runs the averages all that stuff is what you know, the card collectors look for and boom, you could have a quick little flip there, you know, within we're talking next year, he could be, you know, creeping in that, that, that pipeline. Little uh, update for you. Daniel Polka, 22 home runs in a ball Midwest league, South bend. He was of course, half a year older than league average at 22. So he's an old head. He acted like he was 16 though. Good guy. Funniest guy ever, by the way. Not <laughs> hey, yet. I want to add a little bit to this Andy Pages talk. Um, just things I look at. Obviously, the power is super nice. 31 home runs in 120 games is obviously insane. He plays a full MLB season, an extra 42 games. You know, that's that's an extra third of his year added on, right? So you you figure another 10 home runs if he kept the same averages up. 
that's a 40 home run hitter. That's really nice. A uh, couple things here is between 2019 and 2021, he obviously didn't play in 2020, but he rose his walk percentage 5% and lowered his strikeout percentage 4% while also completely skipping low A. So not only did he skip a level, but he did two things that are really important. He rose his walk percentage. He lowered his strikeout percentage. If you raise your walk percentage and keep the strikeout percentage the same, okay. If you can, if you don't move your walk percentage and lower your strikeout percentage, okay. You do both. That's super nice to see. He figured something out last year. And then also one other thing I look at, 305 BABIP. So the year previous, he hit 298 in rookie ball, but he had a 364 batting average balls in play, which is high. Um and so you expect, obviously, that average to go down. A 305 Bay BIP and a 265 average, 394 on base and a 539 slugging. With a 305 Bay BIP, that's like expected, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a high Bay BIP. That's not a low Bay BIP. That's pretty much average, um, pretty much expected numbers there. So it's not like he got lucky or unlucky in any which way. And if you're not getting unlucky or lucky and you are a... 900 OPS as a 20 year old in high A that didn't play in low A. That works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my pick. I wanted to pick something out of, you know, left field. I don't know. He might even play left field. Who knows? Um, it just says, <laughs> I, <up. laughs> I love that pick. And in fact, just for me, I'm tempted to go buy some Andy pages now. Cause that was not a name that I, I usually kind of, like uh, Andy Pages or a Michael Bush or anybody like that. I see so many Dodgers prospects constantly. Yes. I almost just tune them out completely. Yeah. I usually do too. I usually do too, but who knows? He could even be a great trade bait for a, a Dodger, you know, for the Dodgers this year. And let's say he goes to, uh, you know, the Tigers, him and Riley Green and Torque. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be and cool. he, he likely will. He likely will be trade bait because yeah. uh, that's kind of what happens. Um, My first pick Along the same vein, I talked about him a little last week, and I just figured I had to talk about him. Kevin Alcantara. Uh, In the Anthony Rizzo trade from the Yankees to the Cubs in that Anthony Rizzo trade, and he's basically the same thing as Andy Pages. Um, If you look at their their prospect profiles, 40 hit, 65 game power, 60 raw power, 50 speed, 50 field for Andy Pages. And 40 hit, 60 game power, 70 raw power, 50 speed, 50 field for Kevin Alcantara. Basically the exact same thing. Um, the one difference here is Alcantara has 70 power. Questions about his back barrel control and feel for the strike zone. Um, not from not a feel for the strike zone from like an eye at the plate. He has a good eye at the plate. He walked uh, 12% in complex complex league in both the Yankees system and Chicago system, which is obviously not the most intense pitching in the world by any means, but he clearly, if you show it, if you show an eye at the plate that young, um, I usually feel like that kind of sticks with you. Like it doesn't disappear. Now his strikeout percentage could skyrocket. We're talking 26%. And if he has tough barrel control, he's, he's a big dude. He's like six, six, you know, that could skyrocket and then his walk rate could go down because guys start challenging him more instead of messing around the fringes. But if he gets that figured out, we're talking about a dude with 70 raw power. That's big time. And we're talking about a guy who hit 
And this was really BABIP inflated. So take this with a major grain of salt. Uh, 443 BABIP. And I'm talking about Andy Pages with a 305, which is normal. 443 is insanely high. But he hit 337, 415 with a 609 slugging. Like he had a really good time in the complex league. I'm just really excited to see him go to A ball. I think the pitching is still really, really weak. A ball. And you get a guy with that much power and that good of an eye. I think he can blow up enough just in a ball where you can still make good money off of him without even having to really go into high A or even double A. And the Cubs factor too. I mean, the Cubs and, me. Thank you. Yeah. Like huge. I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to bring it up and then I completely forgot. Going from the Yankees loaded, loaded farm system to the Cubs that have like Brennan Davis and they've got other guys, but Kevin Alcantara could be like their top guy in mm-hmm. a year. I wouldn't be shocked. Kevin Alcantara was not going to be the top guy in the Yankees in a year. No. Just wasn't going to happen. But we're talking 87 overall for Alcantara on Fangraphs. And if you're wondering, Andy Pages was 86, I believe. So they're like, they're literally right next to each other. They're basically the same player. But Alcantara is 19. Andy Pages is 21. Andy Pages has played in high A. And I'm hedging my bet with him playing in A ball, blowing up enough in A ball where I can take a. Let's say, because I'm a I'm a big budget card guy, a five dollar mojo and turn it into fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I don't have to worry about buying a guy in double A and hoping he plays well in triple A, which is a significantly tougher league to play in than A ball, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I am on Kevin Alcantara. Uh, very excited about him. Uh, who do you got for number two? Well, before number two. I want to ask you a question. I feel like this this Cubs team right now, farm system, is kind of feeling like the the uh, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, you know, like that young talent down in the minors where it's not a good Cubs uh, major league team, and then they have all this fun young talent. Uh huh. I mean, I, I will I will accept that. Remember, I'm a Brewers fan, and I do hate the Cubs. <laughs> Giving you PTSD, thinking about yeah. But but keep going, keep going. Just just let's keep the Cubs love to a to a to a minimum. Gotcha. No, I I I mean I don't. I'm not a Cubs fan directly, um, but I don't know. I'm getting that feel because you know with with the them trading some of the key pieces away from the major league team, you know the the Cubs fans are you know this is just from breaks. There's a lot of chatter, a lot of excitement about these young kids that they have. And when there's excitement about the miners, like they're not like, oh, we should trade some of our prospects for to win now. I feel like a lot of Cubs fans are are all in on the bill uh, for the uh, for the future because they kind of mm-hmm. have to be because they're major league yeah, team. Because they just, I mean, they traded away Anthony Rizzo, superstar, and maybe not superstar numbers the last couple of years, but superstar yes. and fan favorite. They traded away Chris Bryant, maybe not superstar numbers the last couple of years, but superstar. Uh-huh. They traded away Javi Baez. And now Javi Baez is a tiger and we could get into a whole conversation on if that was a smart contract or not. Oh, what's not? Um, I mean, here, here's the thing. He's a great defender. He's a good base runner. You know, you're getting that, you know, you're getting a 26, 27 year old with great defense, great base running and big power out of second base. He is playing second base, right? Or is he playing mm-hmm. third or a shortstop? He'll play second. He'll play second. Okay. So like you have all that, that's a nice baseline. But he's so hit or miss, and obviously he strikes out a ton, and it's just uh. that's that was my that's my biggest thing on him. That he does strike out a lot, 
But one thing that I will say, he fits perfectly within the organization clubhouse wise, which I've heard he's a great clubhouse guy. I've never met him, but I've, you know, probably hearing the fact that he's a big clubhouse guy, I think it fits very well with what they're building at the Tigers. I don't know. I, I got faith in it. I, you know, out of the signings, I, if I'm looking at the shortstops, I'd rather have Javi Baez on that contract than any of these other contracts right now. What about Carlos? Well, Carlos Correa hasn't signed, but would you rather have Carlos Correa? Not for the, not for what I think he's going to want money wise. Well, he's going to get a huge amount of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's fair to wonder. Like, it's unquestionable that Corey Seager is a much better player than Javi Baez. I agree. But Corey Seager also hasn't played a full season in like his career. Yeah. But see, I value also like different things like the intangibles that you can't really measure uh, with statistics. But his glove, his Javi's glove, like, I don't know. Like, I, I love the offensive stats, but I see where there's going to be so the, the Tigers have so much offensive power in the minors coming up, mm-hmm. which I think they see that. And they're like, hey, let's get our clubhouse guy. Good defense. If he hits, he hits like he's, you know, he's not he's still a good hitter, but not like what everyone thinks for the money. But I think they're going to get their, you know, they're going to score the runs elsewhere. And that's why they picked up Tucker uh, Barnhart for the Reds. I think I said his name right. Mm-hmm. Um, gold glove guy, you know, young, young pitching staff. Anyways, I don't want to go down the Tigers route because I get way too pumped about it. And we will go on for two my bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> well, then let's move. Wait, um, Oh, uh, one last thing. Uh-huh. Yes, the Cubs did do well. Getting Kevin Alcantara for Anthony Rizzo, getting Alexander Canario for Chris Bryant, and getting whoever in the world they got for Javi Baez. I can't even remember now. <laughs> Pete Crow Armstrong. Oh, Pete Crow Armstrong. That's yeah. right. That's right. Which, actually, I saw something the other day that Pete Crow Armstrong has a swing change early yeah, I mean, on. He, in spring, he's not with the nuts anymore, change. so he's going to be good. Yeah. So he's had a swing change, and... The results have been positive. You take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I looked into his autos briefly because I'm a sucker for that kind of information. Um, anytime you have that like little morsel where it's like this dude did this, this dude added a splitter, and now he can get both guys out on the same side, you know, left and right handers out. I'm in. If he's nasty, like um, Frankie Montas added a splitter, I was in. I bought a lot of Frankie Montas for cheap. I'm talking. First Bowman Chrome Golds for a dollar. Oh, I love that stuff. Uh, gold that. Auto. Gold Auto for like six bucks. Of course, I didn't sell it because I could have, and I could have made like quadruple my money. Still not big money, but quadruple my money, and then he got popped for PEDs. Hmm. Eh, what are you going to do? It happens. But, again, I digress. <laughs> you could get me talking. You talking about the Tigers, I could be talking about Frankie Montas all day. Yeah. Dude, uh, one thing for the, the people listening – so one thing, like Nate and I will will schedule a time to go live. We end up talking about baseball for about an hour before we click the record button. And then we're like, hey, we probably should record this because we're talking about all the fun stuff that just talking baseball. So mm-hmm. for all the people listening, we should do that, like an impromptu. Just- record everything. <laughs> and then <laughs> somebody starts, what? somebody Why chimes in and like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, three hour recording. All right. Well, player number two for you there, Jimbo. Yep. So I'm going to go with Gunnar Henderson. So not I'm just Gunnar Hogland, the pitcher from Blue Jays. Was it Mississippi State? Did he get drafted yeah. by the Blue Jays last year? Yeah, he got injured. I think he's out for an entire year. Not to go down that route because I do like that kid, but Gunnar Henderson. So let me give you a little run through. Back in 2019, I believe he got drafted. 
I had him on my fourth, radar because fourth of the, round Orioles, I think. First pick in the second. Second round. Okay. I am oh Kobe Mayo. Kobe Mayo was fourth round. Yeah. I I no, Kobe remember. Mustard. Yeah, one of those. One of those sandwich toppings. But anyways. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> one thing that caught my eye with this kid was and we can go, you know, I think we talked about this last week, but the slot value. So he was in a 1.77 million slot value spot. He ended up he ended up signing for 2.3 million. Ooh. So in, instantly my radar went off like, okay, let's figure out this. Uh, let's, let's see more about him. He was committed to Auburn, uh, but the Orioles got him, took him away and signed him. So that's what caught my eye back in 2019. So I watched him a lot in rookie ball. And everything that I've heard about this kid has been super impressive, super athletic. Like one of those guys where it's like, don't even look at the stats. Don't look at them. Just come out and see him play and you'll be impressed. So I was like, oh, wow, that's that's usually a pretty good sign. You know, rookie ball did about, you know, what rookie ball players do out of high school. Nothing special. Hit 259 average, one homer, you know, just, you know, just getting his feet wet with that. 2020, no play, but a lot of the reports coming out of the alternate site that he he was there and he was making a splash. He was doing a lot of good things, great, you know, great at hitting. So I was super excited for him to go into last year, uh, last year in the minors. So I followed him around and he started off at low A, hit three, 312, eight homers, 39 ribbies, 14 walks, you know, in, in 35 games, he, he did have quite a bit of strikeouts. Grant, remember he's 20 years old now. So he was a 20 year old kid then. And then, you know, he went up to high A, struggled a little, little bit there, which still 19 years old, that being in high A at 19 without having a season before that, pretty impressive in my, mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, and then got his feet wet in double A, which were, he'll probably start this year and then be in triple A at 20 years old. But anyways, this kid kind of gives me the, after all the chatter hearing about him, gives me the Anthony Volt flashbacks where if he comes in hot this year, starts off hot, there's already a lot of eyeballs on him where people will run with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. Like he has the sales up. If he puts the stats up, the wind will take him. Is he an auto only guy? I've only ever looked at his autos, but I don't, I don't know. No, he has, he's in that 2019 draft i believe that same look as all the or is it 2019 yeah 20 2019 same as riley green but he out of all the orioles prospects he's the one that i get the most excited about for value wise for cards mm-hmm. for cards. yeah hard to get excited about adley rushman you know i mean he's he's a super good player but he was the number one overall pick yeah he's the number one prospect hard to get excited value wise for that yeah, I don't like so me for me personally. I don't like to buy the premium guys because you're paying a lot, a lot of money for some of those. You know, the top ten, especially right, right off the rip, like right when it first gets released. Where I try and find the value plays, like a Gunnar Henderson, Anthony mm-hmm. Volt, the guys where I feel like they could jump and then boom, quick, easy money. Our guy Everson, my guy Everson Pereira, that was my value play. You know, you see, you see you see a small Twitter video of him hitting and some exit velocities. And you're like, I got 50 bucks in comp C cash. Yeah. Let's see what I can get. Exactly. Of course I am going to kick myself forever. That red shimmer auto PSA eight was sitting there. $500 of best offer. I didn't buy it. Oh, live. You learn. You live and you learn. 
But the uh, the kids out of high school over slot value, shortstop, third base, I take a flyer on all day. Yeah. I mean, now, to be, to be fair, a lot of over slot value guys, as a Brewers fan, I've experienced a lot of over slot value high school guys do not pan out. But it's worth a flyer because they are getting paid extra money for a reason. Mm-hmm. They keep them away from college because they're a very good prospect. So I love that route. I really do. I do think it's probably a little bit team dependent, though. Yes. Like there is somebody just asked me a buddy of ours just asked me the other day, Dave's cards um, about a Brewers prospect. And I was like, honestly, I wouldn't touch a single Brewers hitting prospect. He's like, really? I'm like, look at Corey Ray. Look at Kesson Hira. Look at Bryce Terang. Look at Garrett Mitchell. Look at all these guys. None of them have taken steps forward. Some of them, Garrett Mitchell and Corey Ray, especially taking steps back. Kesson Hira was really good in the minors, got to the majors. They switched up his swing. They tried, yeah. they moved him from a, a, uh, line drive hitter to a more of a power approach to try to get more home runs out of him. And now he's striking out at fastball straight down the middle. Yeah. So it's like, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the brewers with it. I I would grab any pitcher they draft and expect them to get the most out of them. <laughs> the most out of them might not be an MLB pitcher or a star, but I still expect it. On the other hand, I wouldn't touch any of their position players with a 10 football. Which is crazy. Cause I feel like 10 years ago is, is quite opposite. It was completely opposite. Cause you got, well, you have obviously Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder and Ricky Weeks and Corey yeah. Hart and J.J. Hardy and all of those guys. Bill Hall. Uh, Bill. So many guys in my growing up as a kid or as a teenager that were 30-plus home runs. Casey McGee. Like, we had a stretch of, like, three years where we had, like, eight different dudes be 30-plus home run guys. But that's not the case anymore. I digress. We better speed this up a little bit. <laughs> Let's go on to my number two here. And my number two is a little bit cheap um, as he is number 54 on Fangraph's list. And it's Daniel Espino. A lot of people have heard about Daniel Espino. He's the number one overall pick by the Indians a couple years ago in 2019. I was excited about Espino coming into 2019 Bowman Chrome draft. In fact, I bought into a couple of, I well, just one actually. I bought into one break. Trying to get some autos. I only hit a couple of refractors of him, unfortunately. But I was excited enough where I never buy into breaks and I bought into a break. It was actually my first break I ever bought into the Indians for Daniel Espino. And um, his first year, 2019, he was pretty good, only through 23 innings out of high school in that year. And he got called up to A ball, A minus ball as an 18 year old and 630 ERA, but a 260 fit. Really nice, 16 Ks per nine. Didn't pitch in 2020. I kind of like forgot about him a little bit. Not like forgot about him, like wasn't, you know, like interested in him, but just there's so many guys. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, you haven't heard about a dude in a while. You kind of move on to the next bright and shiny thing. And Daniel Espino last year, 42 innings in A ball, 3.38 ERA, 13 and a half strikeouts per nine. 4.85 walk per nine, though, which is a little bit alarming, but then goes up to high A, 49 innings, a 4.04 ERA, but 16 strikeouts per nine and a 2.94 walk per nine. And that ERA was because his home runs per nine ballooned from 0.42 to 1.29 home runs per nine innings. So you can directly attribute that high ERA to literally him giving up a couple more home runs than normal for him. He gave up seven compared to four in the rest of his minor league career. Yeah. It could have been to Andy Pages. They're in the same league. Yeah, it could have been to Andy Pages. And so 
that's one of those things where it's just like a little bit unlucky there. ERA should have been lower. In fact, his fielding independent pitching was a 308 instead of a 404. And his expected fielding independent pitching was a 241. It's 2.41. Basically, they expected him to have a 2.41 ERA for those of you listening at home. He's got a nasty fastball up to 98, 99, touches a triple digits, has a nasty slider, and is gaining command. The one thing about him is that he hasn't really held his velocity late into games at all. So there is some worries that he is going to become a reliever. But just from a repertoire, 65 fastball, 60 future slider, 55 curveball, 55 changeup, 50 command. With Indians training him and the Indians' ability to train pitchers and create pitchers, that's a dude I am really, really interested in. And the fact that he just pitched in high A means he's got some time. He might go back to high A. He might be in double A. But he's got some time to dominate the minors. And yeah. that's what I like to see in these guys is I'm pretty risk adverse. So I don't really like to sell on call up. I know you probably have a differing opinion there, Jimbo. But I don't mm-hmm. really like to sell on call up because I think there's too much risk in holding a guy until he gets to the hardest level he's ever played at in his entire life. So if I can buy a guy and know he's going to get some cracks at a weaker level and do really well and increase his value there, I like to do that and then sell. And so we're talking about a dude who has nasty stuff, nasty K rates, and um, could still be pitching in A ball or double A this year. I'll take that. I like the aspect that he's a first runner with the Indians. The Indians, man, they just know pitching. They mm-hmm. just developed for the last 20 years, I feel like. Yeah. Started with like the CC Sabathias and Cliff Lees and those guys and yeah. moved on to, you know, just your your Mike Clevengers and your Shane yeah. Bieber's and your Carlos Carrasco. You got you just name them. Carlos right. Carrasco, Danny so Salazar. So many Danny. I got stories on that. But uh, this, yeah, this keeps going. I like that pick though. But it is kind of cheap because he is number fifty four. So he's not like a low end guy, but he is a stud. Yeah, I like that. I do have some of his stuff. So here's the reason why I like not not to go off topic, but the reason why I like to sell a debut is. When will these guys have the most eyes on them talked about the most? So right at debut people, you know, a lot of the, a lot of, let's say you're a Mariners fan, maybe not, you might not know your, the pipeline of the Mariners or the farm system, but when you get a guy called up, they're talking about them the entire week, usually on the broadcast. And that's the only reason why for me. And then I can rebound them later. I get it. I get it. I, and, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to that, but just knowing myself and how bad I've been at selling my own cards. And like moving them, it's like, yeah, he gets called up. I never get around to listing it. Exactly. Yeah, you have to be on it. That's the only thing that is tough. Um, is you gotta you gotta and sometimes sometimes like call up is one thing, but like people that hold for a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, everyone else is holding for the Super Bowl. So you're just flooding the market with everyone having the same card. So you're probably not gonna get as high of a good of a deal, anyways. I like to sell it a week before. That's what I always and here real quick. Real quick, if you want to talk about your third guy, I'll go too long. I know I will. I get too excited. Well, okay. Too- give us give us a 10 second who he is. Who is your third guy? Just so people can look him up at home. I'm not gonna lie, I had 10 and I just told you I had three. Oh um, okay, real quick. My other guy would be Liver Pagero, but the reason why I didn't choose him to talk about with the Ooh, Pittsburgh got traded. I actually over- know this name. Yeah, I told I over. you I over. The L is silent. I over. I over. 
we almost we might do a little break something with him where we do breaks and he comes and breaks with us um, that'd be sweet but anyways the reason why i like this kid he's 85 on the pipeline he's young he played in high uh where did he play high a uh greensboro uh hit 270 14 home runs i've been high on this kid even before last season i think he's super athletic he's gonna probably stay at short uh strong kid I like him a lot, but the only reason why I didn't pick him is because he's on the 40 man. And this could be a good transition into our next topic. He's on the 40 man. So he, if they don't have a season this year, we won't see him at all because mm. if you're on the 40 man, you don't get to play down in the minors with boo, the lot. Boo, boo, boo. And that is a very good transition. And I was quickly trying to find, I just saw a guy the other day that had the Ivor Peguero uh, super factor red and an oh. orange all in the same post and i don't remember who it was they're all psa nines but that is a good segue into our final uh topic of the day and we'll probably keep this one a little bit shorter there's a lot to talk about so maybe we'll do a little synopsis and then talk more about it next week but of course the mlb and the mlb players association did not figure out a deal so we have no baseball and we do not know when they're going to come back to the table to try to figure out a deal uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. We're not going to have the start of the season at the end of March. We're probably not going to have any baseball in April. And I saw something that's where somebody was like, look, baseball in April doesn't go well for owners anyways. Nobody comes to the games. They don't have to start paying back money to the regional sports networks until... 20, I think it was 23 games into the season, 24 games into the season, something like that. That's which really pretty, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that pretty much means that you could knock off all of April before they start like really losing money because they're just not getting that much money from fans in April. Anyways, not that not that fans in the stands mean you're making a ton of money. Like baseball teams make a lot of money in a lot of different ways than just fans in the stands. But um Important to note that I would be shocked reading, having read that from a tweet today, I would be shocked if it goes past April. I don't think they're going to want to be paying back money to regional sports networks. No, it, but I wouldn't majority of the money that they yeah. get most of the revenue. I really wouldn't be shocked if it was, Hey, we don't really, we don't really make money in April anyways. So why it's not just good. not have it? It's good for the, for cards if that's the case, because, you, it's so cold in a lot of the, the places where they play in April, where it's the hitters don't have... Unless you have a dome. Unless you have a dome. Where a lot of those guys struggle in the beginning because, like, last year the Tigers opening day was snowing. Mm-hmm. But that Miggy's gave us one of the sweetest tops now cards of all time. My favorite. My dude, Miggy. Even with the snow, he's still hitting bombs. But usually if you're not, you know, a triple crown winner, it's very hard to hit bombs in snow. Way to throw that, way to throw that one in there. Yep. Just uh, just slipping in the triple crown winner for everyone in case they forgot that Miguel Cabrera once won triple crown. Um, what do you have to say about Miguel Cabrera, potential steroid user? Never. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, rise out of you. No, he never did. He's, I mean, he's just pure talent. That's true. That dude. Uh, after <laughs> Pujols, he was the most feared hitter in baseball for a very long time. Yes. It was fun to watch. Going back to this thing real quick. So there is there is no deal. There is no baseball. 
happening, but there is minor league baseball happening. And so we'll take a couple minutes here to discuss this because I think this is important. You brought it up. 40 men roster guys cannot play. So, you know, your Julio Rodriguez's, your Adley Rushman's, um, guys like that, Aaron Ashby, my boy Aaron Ashby, right? Your guy Riley Green, they are not playing. Well, well, here's actually a great way to tell if you're wondering, how do I figure that out? If you go on the MLB Top 100 and look at the, you know, the, the names and the faces, the ones that are blurred out that has like, let's say Julio Rodriguez, it doesn't actually show his face. It's like a silhouette. That's how you will know if they're on the 40 man. Riley Green is not on the 40. He's man. not a 40 man guy. I took a, I took a, a huge guess there. No, I guess I was wrong. What so about that, Torkelson? Is Torkelson on the 40 man? Nope. They're all drafted uh, pretty, you know, not long ago. I where, know, but I just assume they're so close to the majors that they're just like, yeah, yeah. Throw them on. <laughs> just throw them on. Nah. So that's a way to go on. And, and basically, if you look at this list, like, oh, okay, these are the these are the guys that will be playing if there is a lockout. And these are the one, the guys that won't be playing. I love that. That is a really nice, uh, helpful hint because I would have just probably gone to each team's individual 40-man roster and looked it up, yeah. which would have been a pain in the butt. <laughs> Save just some time. Pain. There we go. Real big pain in the butt. But that does mean – tell us who's, who's in the top 10 that will be playing. Top 10 that will be playing every single one besides Julio Rodriguez. Cool. So yeah, there we go. Cool. So we got that. Wait, Adley Rushman's not a yeah. – not on the 40 man. Wow, that blows my mind. I do know that my boy Aaron Ashby, though, pitching the majors last year, not he is on a 40 man. I'm not gonna get a want to watch him pitch for a while, which stinks. But we do get to watch all of these other guys play in the minors. We get to watch all of these other guys play in minor league baseball and minor league spring training. Not somebody like Geraldo Perdomo because he got called up like two years ago for a cup of tea, which stinks because I really like him. Six, three big body shortstop for the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks that I'm kind of hoping grows into some power, but I don't think he will. You never know. But I do. I, I here's my here's my hot take. Here's my That's hot take. And you can tell me. I think there's there's people that love Bowman Chrome, obviously, and they're into Bowman Chrome. And even like somebody like Aaron that was never into minor league baseball. When we bought in minor league prospects together, he was into it. He was checking Forrest Whitley and Nate Pearson box scores every day. He was checking Griffin Canning box scores every day. And we bought a lot of pitchers, in case you can't tell. We made a lot of money for those that say don't buy pitchers. It makes it really fun, and it makes it you able to connect to a thing that you normally can't connect to. Because I don't know about you, but I don't have time. I barely have time to watch the Brewers every day, and I would like to watch the Brewers every day. I'm not going to sit down and watch minor league baseball games. You know, like I just don't have to, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. And uh, if I'm going to be watching baseball, it's going to be, it's going to be MLB baseball because there's always somebody I want to watch. If it's yeah. not the Brewers, you know, if I can go watch Juan Soto hit, I'm going to watch Juan Soto hit. If I can watch Shane Bieber pitch, I'm going to watch Shane Bieber pitch, you know? And so while it's, it's just, it's just not something I have time for or a want per se, if the option for MLB baseball is there, but you can have a really fun time checking the box score every night before you go to bed of how did Alex Kirloff do today? Oh, he did this. Sweet. I wonder what his cards are going to do. Oh, they didn't do anything. But then he go is hot for two weeks and card prices start moving. I think because there's no baseball for like a month that minor league prospect cards might move quicker than we are expecting because it's that's like all bubble, people dude. are going to have to pay attention to. 
it's going to be like the bubble. It's going to be think awesome. about this. Like it's going to be strictly minor league players playing major league players aren't even allowed to go to the facility. So they came in practice within the facility. Let's say they have a, uh, they do a full season minor league season for a month where they're playing for a month, no major, no spring training, nothing's going on for the major league teams. They sign a deal. These minor league guys are already going to be a month in, in this regular season, not just spring training. These guys are going to be rocking and rolling. The anticipation is going to be up with them. There's going to be chatter because they're the only people on ESPN. They're going to be going to the to the young, you know, minor league kids to talk about something. Twitter, all these social media, and then as soon as this deal gets signed, the major league team, if the uh, the manipulation of service time gets abolished or you know fixed, where it doesn't get manipulated as much, these GMs are going to go dive deep in their farm system and grab some of those kids and put them in. And they're going to be right. Like they're going to be ready to go where the gap, the gap between AAA major might be a little bit slimmer because of that, because of their playing time, getting real at bats, these real pitching. I'm telling you, this is going to be a really interesting, I, I personally kind of, I, I wish there was baseball where there was a deal sign, but at the same time, I like when there's a little bit, you know, something different. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with change here or there. And I like what you bring up because I do think this here is going to be really beneficial to guys like Jake Cousins from the Brewers. Did I tell you about Jake Cousins? Uh-huh. Brewers pitching pros or relieving prospect. The cousin of Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings QB, which is weird. The cousin of Kirk Cousins, cousin Jake Cousins. Uh, say that five times fast. But it's a guy like him. He gets traded to the Brewers, and then 2020, he gets released so he can go pitch an independent ball, and then he gets re-signed out of independent ball by the Brewers, and next thing you know, he's up in the majors, and he's killing it. And there's some, there's some, a couple red flags there, but there's also some very nice, like, green flags, like, yeah, this dude, this dude has what it takes. He just got, has to iron out some other wrinkles. And there's going to be guys like that. These, these dudes that are in AAA, that are relief and this isn't for cards so if you're a card guy i'm sorry but these relievers that are ready they're ready to throw innings these pitchers these journeyman pitchers that are ready to throw innings because they've already built up a month um plus spring training so two months by the time maybe baseball starts two months of of warm-up for some of these guys you know you're gonna be the first dude called up you're gonna be the second dude called up you might even start the year on the major league roster because you're ready and warmed up and ready to go and you're going to be, you might be a sacrificial lamb for innings at the start of the year, blow out your elbow, but these guys are going to get a chance to show what they have that they might not have normally if a full contingent of MLB players had a full spring training and nothing was weird. Yeah. I mean, most pitchers aren't usually, uh, you know, full se- full season ready until May, mid-May, you know, pitch count wise. Mm-hmm. It's and crazy. and you're never full season ready if you have Craig Council as your manager, who I love. <laughs> I love, but you got a lot of people, Let's my dad in on. particular, that hates Craig Council because he takes his pitchers out after, you know, 95 pitches and they only go six innings. Hey, not as bad as Kevin Cash. That's true. That's oh true. Uh, they're cut from the same cloth, Kevin Cash, <laughs> Craig Council. And, and I get it. You know, part of me is like, yeah, but you don't want to injure your guys limit their inning pitches, limit their innings, and you can get a full season out of them without having terrible elbow injuries. And the Brewers don't have bad elbow injuries. We haven't had a bad elbow injury in a while. 
Our worst injury was Jimmy Nelson, and that oh. was from sliding back into a bag. Can you imagine if we had Jimmy Nelson right now? Oh. And um, great name. One of those, one of those things where they don't get injured, but they also don't pitch deep into games. So you're getting down to the end of the year, and Walker Bueller has you know 30 more innings than Corbin Burns, despite pitching the same amount of games, and that's a it's a detriment to Burns type of thing. Yeah, but. I digress. We should probably end here because we are now at 55 minutes and we yes. should cut off before an hour. Um, Jimbo, any last words on today's episode? I actually did want to say one thing. I want to say huge thanks to the community, uh, the Dean Corners community. The amount of messages, I was actually looking through messages right before we jumped on on my Instagram of people just saying like, I'm so like, thank you for joining Dean Corners. It was great talking to you, like hearing you, like all this different positive, the positive vibes awesome and i i didn't even like like expect that or didn't really know this first time doing podcasts consistently so i just want to say thank you for everyone that listens and i'm having a blast hey there are a lot of good people out there it's easy it's really really easy to focus on the one jabroni that puts a negative Mm -hmm. comment out there and says oh you know you suck because uh this or that you know and then you just (laughs) focus on it and you skip like the five nice comments people send, but people do that all the time. They, they always like, Hey, just wanted to reach out to say, I love the podcast. Been listening for a while. Love this. Or, Hey, you know, send an email, this or that. And, um, to all you people that do that, we do appreciate it. I don't know if I always say that, but I do really appreciate it. It does help a lot when you get into the grind because podcasts don't seem like a grind, but it does get, it does become a grind after a while. Um, getting new information and this and that. And it's nice to have people that are like, hey, you know what? I do like your stuff, and I'm going to take a second to reach out because they don't have to. It's their time. They take their time to reach out to uh, say, hey, and it, it is it is very much appreciated. And on my end, it's it's very much appreciated that you guys are reaching out to Jimbo and making him feel welcome because he has been an excellent co-host, <laughs> I think. And uh, it's only going to get better from here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. All dude. right. All right, Jimbo. Well, that's a wrap on episode three, maybe four. I can't keep track now. I think it's three. Um, We'll call it three. We'll call it three. We'll call it three. That's a wrap on episode three. So thank you. And thank you, everyone who is listening at home. Uh, We do appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you guys again next Friday. See you, everyone.